Welcome to Still Scared Talking Children's Horror, a podcast about creepy, spooky and disturbing children's books, films and TV. I'm Ren Wednesday, my co-host is Adam Wybray, and today we're doing a mini-episode about creepy and spooky children's picture books. A full transcript of this episode will be available, so check the show notes for that. Enjoy! Adam. Hello, Ren. Hi. Um, so we're doing a little mini episode today. Oh, you've already put a cap on my rambling. <laughs> yep. Because we're we're going to do a series next coming up for the first time. Where we're going to do three books in a trilogy is the plan. But uh, I, I didn't know that was the plan. <laughs> Yeah, that's the plan. So um, that, that sounds good. So the Deptford Mice Deptford Mice trilogy. trilogy. Um, but before we go down the sewers with those ragtag bags of mice and rats, um, I, <laughs> I, I don't know why they're in bags. The characters. <laughs> the ca- characters are just like <laughs> animated talking bags <laughs> stuffed with rats and yeah. mice. That might be less disturbing that's that's, that's, than uh, the actual content <laughs> of those books, but um, yeah. <laughs> um, but uh, before before we get to that, uh, we're just going to talk about some picture books. We are some creepy, creepy picture, picture books. books. Yeah, um, because there's there's a few, and they're not really long enough to do episodes on, but uh, definitely worth touching on the. the creepy content for younger readers <laughs> yeah um i think if you're a author of books for very young children um then presumably you have to deal with the influence of fairy tales which tend to be very dark indeed mm-hmm. if you're doing cinderella how many toes you want to be cut off dark <laughs> classic stories um and the more modern ones that we're talking about seem to, to to draw on that tradition. Yeah, often perhaps children getting lost in a, a forest or a wilderness mm-hmm. or some space away from home, perhaps. Yep. Um, uh, the threat of being gobbled up mm-hmm. or eaten or cannibalised uh, crops up a lot. Um, and anthropomorphic mm-hmm. animals... So, uh, should we start mm-hmm. with the obvious, which I suppose is Maurice Sendak? I'd imagine, mo- well, certainly many, if not most, children in Britain would come across where the wild things are at some point in their lives, and presumably the same is true um, in a fair amount of the English-speaking world. I mean, the film, of course, mm-hmm. directed by Spike Jones, mm-hmm. was American. Uh, he was an American author. Um, did you have it read to you as a kid? 
it was around, I think, both at, at home and at school. Um, mm, it's definitely, I, I feel like, a fixture of my childhood. So the story is pretty simple, as I remember it. Basically, there's this kid called Max, who's a bit of a terror, and uh, he's causing all sorts of mischief, um, romping around um, in his beastly play suit, uh, and banging on a pot with a spoon, possibly, um, generally causing raucous, and he's going to be sent to bed without any tea. Um, but instead he sails away to where the wild things are, who are these humongous, lolloping creatures who like to have fun and party, but they are also monsters. And so um, while pronouncing Max their <laughs> king, they also make great claims of eating him. Um, but uh, it becomes quite an affectionate relationship. Um, they dance around and have a monstering good time. And then uh, Max sours back home and does get his tea after all. Um, not ultimately really punished for his bad behaviour. And so will presumably grow up into a sociopathic monster. Um, <laughs> and not the cute kind. No, no. And that's my very conservative reading of the book. As <laughs> <laughs> um, the, the, the memorable line, um, we'll eat you up, we love you so. <laughs> as all parents say to their babies. <laughs> um, and I'm, I'm sure... I feel like I I read a, a Marina Warner book at some point about um, the, the talk about eating children and <laughs> the sort of discourse around <laughs> children being adorable and eating them and stories of eating children. Um, but that's the, the yeah. This is the sort of wild, slightly maniac energy that this book has. Um, and was why I was quite unhappy with the uh, with the film version, which um, was much less gleefully uh, chompy. Um, and much more mopey monsters. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, well, where the wild things are is just um, very uh, a very appealing fantasy of escaping the everyday strictures of your your parents and bedtimes and disappearing to your own private slightly dangerous uh romping ground oh not for me as a child Ren. i didn't really like it very much <laughs> okay. frankly i thought max was a very naughty boy and, uh, <laughs> should go to bed on time um no i found it quite quite a distressing um, yeah, I, I mean, I was very obsessive about getting to bed on time as a kid. Um, mm. I think probably because my mum had said something like, if you don't get to sleep, you won't be able to get up in the morning. And I literally believe that to be true. <laughs> uh, yeah, for, oh, for a no. good year as a child um, that, you know, I would wake up into a kind of frozen state, a living coma and... Uh, so, yeah, the mm. idea of not getting to sleep before midnight terrified me. So if your bedroom had uh, opened up into a an undulating midnight ocean and faraway forest, you'd have said, no, thank you, I need to get to sleep. <laughs> yeah, 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 basically. <laughs> um, 
Whereas you would have been like, Cool, I'm all for it. <laughs> Jungle, here I come. <laughs> I'm sure that wasn't actually your voice. <laughs> 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 I was a cartoon rat as a child. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, no, that reminds me of another children's horror. Um, Flip Pullman's I Was a Rat. (laughs) Yeah? (laughs) Yeah, do you remember that? It was was a TV adaptation when we were kids. Uh, No. It's about a uh, rat boy. He's like a a sideshow performer and, like, he was a rat and then he escapes through the sewers. Mm. Um, I remember... uh, Peter used to find it very offensive because he said it was like prejudiced against people with faces that looked like rats. And at the time, he counted himself amongst these people, I guess. <laughs> and so he said it was very offensive, which did not stop him, I will add, from regularly singing, I was a rat, duh, 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 duh. I was a rat over and over again. So mm. I don't feel his distaste for the programme could have really stretched that far. But he definitely, <laughs> he definitely made a big thing of it at the time. Speaking of uh, rats, or are they rats or are they mice? Um, the, the Tale of Samuel Whiskers by Beatrix Potter. Oh, surely, surely, with all the uh, negative associations, they must be rats. Um, but, yeah, sure. I mean, you know, it's only rats that eat babies, right? Not mice. <laughs> mice wouldn't do that. Yeah, okay. Let's, let's go on the assumption that it's rats. It's poor, poor rats. Um, I'm going to check. Tale, so, Tale of Samuel Whiskers. Mm. Um, in which uh, poor Tom Kitten... Uh, yeah, rats. Yeah, <laughs> it's got to be rats. Uh, goes poking about in, a, in an old house, um, making mischief, um, find, finds himself in the attic... Uh, encased in pastry and being rolled into a roly-poly pudding by, by mr uh, samuel whiskers yeah and, and his wife anna maria <laughs> um and you know uh beatrix potter generally a fairly a fairly gentle read um even the most uh scared of of children can can palate but uh this this was quite disturbing um yeah, it's one I found disturbing as well, so you're not mm. alone in that. Um, I don't know, I mean, maybe it's... It might be similar to why um, When the Wind Blows is so disturbing. Mm. As in the book um, by Raymond Briggs, which is a portrait of his parents dying in a nuclear war. <laughs> And it's drawn in Raymond Briggs's soft watercolour painterly style. Yeah. And there's something about these very soft, rotund people slowly dying of radiation sickness <laughs> that makes it all the worse. Same with um, mm. Grave of the Fireflies, that mm. there's something particularly upsetting about seeing two cute Studio Ghibli children dying in a war. So likewise, um, I think with the tale of Samuel Whiskers or the roly-poly pudding, um, it's just very upsetting seeing one of Beatrix Potter's incredibly cute but very nicely painted kittens uh, being (laughs) (laughs) rolled up and hit with a big rolling pin ready to be eaten by a couple of rats. Yeah, yeah. It's uh, (laughs) a... It really... um, 
feels like Tom Kitten has slipped into a a, a harsher world. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> that I wasn't quite prepared for as a kid. <laughs> It's, it's odd, I've looked it up on Wikipedia and I was hoping for some kind of, like, outcry, but I can't see anything. I thought, you know, that, that there might have been protests or um, some kind of critical response to such a dark turn in her work. Well, no, it's not a small naked boy, so no one cares. Uh, to, <laughs> to which you, you are referring, I, I presume, uh, to Sendak's In the Night Garden kitchen it's not called that in the night kitchen in the night garden it's quite scary though <laughs> <laughs> to be fair. um yes um which in the night kitchen is about a uh, a small boy uh, falling out of his clothes and his bed and into a uh, a giant kitchen of populated by sort of cheerful rotund chefs um who are making immense amounts of batter for everyone's breakfast um, and uh, the small boy sort of gets clumped in 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 flour and falls into a jug of milk and so on. Um, but crucially, he is naked while this happens. Um, Much to the distress of the American public at large. Yes. Uh, apparently, it's been a much challenged and banned book in American schools and libraries. Hmm. Um. I mean, it's very charming, uh, not not and, and frightening know, at all. But uh. you 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 read it as a kid, and you don't go prancing around naked, throwing yourself into vats of dough. <laughs> More's the pity. Um, so, so the, where the wild things are in the night kitchen were apparently two parts of a trilogy. Um, so described by Sendak as like a portrait of a kid's psychological development. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> yeah. So in the night kitchen is like a toddler stage. Yeah. So I guess it's this a very lucid, dreamlike stage. Where the wild things are is basically preschooler. Um, so a little bit further along, you know. And then the third in the trilogy is called Outside Over There. Okay. Which apparently is based upon the sort of pre-adolescent stage of development. And Interestingly, the plot sounds quite similar to that of Labyrinth, hmm. because it's about uh, a young girl um, called Ida in this, whose baby sister is uh, stolen away by goblins. Oh, and just yeah. to go rescue her. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I had never heard of that. No, interestingly, I I hadn't clearly obscured by the other two books, but hmm. I might have to get hold of it. Um. So, the other um, author we're going to uh, talk about is uh, David McKee, um, who's most... Oh, Re are you scared of Elmer, Ren? Uh, <laughs> yeah. Oh, uh, uh, patchwork elephant. Patchwork scary, elephant. Yeah. <laughs> to be um, fair, if you, if you saw an elephant like in the wild, literally just made of patchwork... Mm. Like, all kind of trembling in the breeze. <laughs> like, and kind of partly flopsy, you know, just trying to stand itself up. Um, mm. Maybe slightly kind of sodden in the rain and the mud. That would be quite scary. Yeah. But, uh, as well as, as well as 
Elmo. Um, David McKee is a uh, well known for a book called Not Now Bernard from 1980. Um, if you haven't uh, ever read it, there are videos on YouTube of people reading this story aloud. Um, what to hor- to horrified children? <laughs> to, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, the the plot um, is uh, Bernard is a small boy who's trying to talk to his parents, um, but they're they're too preoccupied reading a newspaper or painting a wall or whatever and tell him, not now, Bernard. He tells him that there's a monster in the garden who wants to eat him and uh, just gets the same response. So the monster eats Bernard and takes his place and Bernard's parents are too preoccupied to notice. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And so continue to respond to the... uh... The poor monster with not now, Bernard. Yeah. Um, and the image that I always remember from this book is the is the very last one of the, the monster tucked up in Bernard's bed trying to protest that it's a monster and not Bernard <laughs> and, and sort of realising that something's gone terribly wrong. <laughs> yeah, I like that the book is not just a tragedy for the poor eaten Bernard, but also really a tragedy for the poor monster. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> he was not expecting this at all. <laughs> <laughs> Probably even less than Tom Kitten, really. Um, <laughs> so, <laughs> just imagining the monster going, "I've made a huge mistake." <laughs> um, it, it's so simple and so effectively haunting. And very troubling as a kid, like this idea that you could be disappeared or even killed and that your parents might not even notice. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, I mean, I, mean, it's a I had fear. yeah, I had a recurring dream as a kid, possibly influenced by this book, that that my face had turned into a monster face, and no one told me. <laughs> yeah, it's interesting that it's it's the monster who effectively undergoes this rather than Bernard. You know, Bernard's <laughs> just a side character, really. You know, <laughs> this is the existential crisis of a monster who finds himself <laughs> treated as a boy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um. and so that was the only david mckee book apart from the alma books that i think i had read to me as a young kid but you had one called tusk tusk right yeah um which i didn't realize until i looked it up just now is also by david mckee so just a couple of years before 1978 um and it's a, a parable about racism um featuring a world populated by black and white elephants that um I hate each other. Um, but, um, uh, and it's drawn in this very cute cartoon style, but, um, as a unsettling sort of the, uh, depiction of the violence between these two elephants, two colors of elephants, um, like the cover has, um, a black and a white elephant sort of marching away from each other, uh, both, sort of with their eyes and mouths very very like angry kind of hate-filled expressions and each of them are holding their trunks in the air and the end of their trunks have transformed into the shape of a hand holding a gun um which which is quite disturbing um 
Yeah, I hadn't seen this one before. I looked up pictures and I found like the hand trunks quite disturbing. Like, and there's one of them sort of raising their trunks like fists at one another, which. Mm. Um, and it's another yeah. one with a um, which <laughs> the ending isn't a, a a neat resolution. I mean, the the peace okay. loving. Okay, so how? how well, so but, there's there's a kind of war. Or a, a, uh, yeah, a, a war between fight. the black and white elephants, but the the peace loving elephants on on both sides slip away into the forest, and um, you know after the several generations and the war. Has, they've, they've killed each other off, but the peace-loving ones come out, and the, the descendants come out, and they're grey elephants. And it's like, all oh, right, that's nice. <laughs> but then, right at the end of the book, but it's like, but recently the small-eared elephants and the large-eared elephants have been looking at each other suspiciously. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, oh, oh no. <laughs> that's that a pretty grim ending. Yeah. <laughs> um, so. Yeah, this was David McKee's uh, <laughs> dark period. <clearly. laughs> dark period. Um. <laughs> well, uh, the, so yes, the um, book he released after "Not Now, Bernard" in '83 is entitled "I Hate My Teddy Bear." <laughs> um, sadly, looking it up, it doesn't look very scary at all. But it's a great, it's a great title. Mm. And uh, two monsters. Uh, after that, uh, well, um, a story promoting tolerance and accepting differences of perspective and opinion um, does feature two quite scary-looking monsters. Mm. Um, and the most recent one I think I'm going to mention is um, The Walls in the Walls uh, from 2003 uh, by Neil Gaiman and Dave McKean. Um, so not Dave McKee. Um no, <laughs> yeah. um, which just uh, has this uh, sort of wonderfully ominous refrain at the beginning of the book where the little girl Lucy hears noises in the walls and says to her, her mum and her dad and her brother, oh, there's, there's wolves in the walls. And, and they say, oh, no, it can't be wolves in the walls, because if the wolves come out of the walls, then it's all over. <laughs> <laughs> what's all over <laughs> says Lucy and her mother says it <laughs> everyone knows that <laughs> um, which I just think is a, a brilliant um, <laughs> a brilliant vague uh, apocalyptic threat that sort of I, I, su- somehow think, everyone except her knows yeah. I think it should be the claim of the week oh yeah <laughs> <laughs> claim of the week if the walls come out of the walls, then it's all over. It's all over. <laughs> <laughs> um, um, yeah, and it has um, Dave McKean's very distinctive sort of sculptural illustration style where all the characters look a bit like marionettes. Mm. Um, That's uh, a nice way of putting it. It's quite sort of fragmentary and collagey as well. Yeah. Um, it's a good one. Yeah, yeah, it is. Uh, we really must get around talking about Coraline this year. Well, it's episode 100, Adam, so... Um, oh, yeah, God. Well, well, you know, maybe maybe this year. <laughs> yeah, I mean, <laughs> <for, yeah. laughs> Speed off a bit. 
Um, is there any any others you wanted to uh, briefly um, mention? I I asked um, our friend of the show and theme tune um, uh, theme tune composer Mackie if there was anything she she's she could think of, and she said she had a a, a book of um, the, the there was an old woman who swallowed a fly, um, which um, was a memorably kind of body horror for small children. Um, as this old woman's body becomes more distorted and engorged as she continued to consume unsuspecting animals until she died. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, I couldn't find the exact edition that Maggie was talking about, but uh, I c- can imagine, you know. That's, uh, yeah, uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, there's one that upset me a little bit, although I think interestingly my mum seems more upset by the recollection of it than me um called there's a hippopotamus on our roof eating cake Mm. by hazel edwards and actually the story is quite a cute one it's um about a a a kind of leaky groaning roof and the um the girl discovers actually there's a hippo on the roof that's causing all this and he's eating cake Mm. um Hey, it goes through the potential types of cake it is. Uh, is it a birthday cake? No. Is it a chocolate cake? No. No, it's special cake. Mm-hmm. There's a hippopotamus on our roof eating special cake. Um, but there's a bit in the story about halfway through where the little girl kind of scribbles in one of her dad's books, you know, with like colouring pencils. And I can't remember quite how it's phrased, but it says he was angry and he smacked her basically. And mm. the illustration shows this really furious bearded man, sort of, I, I guess, looking like he's about to smack or spank this kid. Mm. Um, and yeah, I think that's probably why my mum wasn't a big fan of the book. Um, yeah. I really, I have to admit, I really liked it as a kid. And um, looking at Hazel Edwards's other books, she clearly... Um, Really, really kept going down the hippopotamus um, road. <laughs> uh, so, so there's hooray! There's a hippopotamus on our roof having a birthday party. So that time it is a birthday cake, mm. I suppose. Um, there's my hippopotamus is on our caravan roof getting sunburnt. Uh, uh-huh. Hey, hippo- hey hippopotamus, do babies eat cake? <laughs> Look, there's a hippopotamus in the playground eating cake. Guess what? There's a hippopotamus on the hospital roof eating cake. <laughs> Our cake eating hippo plays. Um and and so so on and so on. Right. So sort of mad levers with hippopotamus and roofs and cake. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Why not? Um, you, you should look, look up illustrations for it. That's okay. quite good. It's a good hippo. <laughs> All right. Uh, um, right. So uh, next time we meet, we'll be taking, talking about more irredeemably horrible rats. Um, <laughs> or well, we're are gonna, they? We're gonna get our, yeah, we're going to get ourselves into some kind of conflict with a sort of rat based information podcast <laughs> i actually really like rats um as a, yeah i think yeah, they're quite no, they're I, quite nice um but in children's literature they are their name is mud um <laughs> yeah almost as defamed as wolves yeah <laughs> um 
<laughs> yeah, maybe, maybe we just need to, you know, write some kids' books about, you know, really awful kittens and seal pups. <laughs> <laughs> you know, just to turn the tables a bit. Yeah. <laughs> there, there's a there, there's a cute kitten on my roof eating rats. <laughs> mm. Yeah. Um, yeah, sounds quite quite factual. To be honest. Yeah, it does yeah. actually. To be fair, you know, far less based on superstitious propaganda than uh, most of the wolf and rat based stuff. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Yeah. So there we go. Hmm. Um. I'll put the. Uh, Descriptions of the books we've talked about in the show notes and all that remains to be said, say, say, all that remains to be said is that our um, intro music's by Maki Yamazaki, our outro music's by Joe Kelly, our artwork's by Letty Wilson. Uh, You can find us on Twitter at stillscaredpod or email us at stillscaredpodcast at gmail.com and... Hope you enjoyed this mini episode, and we will see you next time. And let us know if you, you know, if you're like, yeah, I really like Still Scared, but gah, I really wish all of their episodes were like half an hour. Um, <laughs> tell us. <laughs> um, That's fine. We'll, we'll accept it gracefully. Hmm. I won't just like then do a three-hour episode just to spite you. I promise. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yes. Feedback is appreciated. (laughs) Till next time, speaky kids. Bye. Bye. Ooh, you didn't ask me for a sign-off. Great.